following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. They'll know you've arrived when you drive up in the 1958 Edsel, the car that's truly new from nameplate to taillights. And now your host, Walt Disney. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to that tip-top terrific and splendidly prolific waltz down memory lane, the Mid-Modcast. And here are your Mid-Modcasters, Craig, Paula, and Dave. Hey, welcome to the Mid-Modcast, where all your Mid-Mod dreams and memories come to life. I'm Craig. Who are you guys? I'm Paula. And I'm Dave. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our second <laughs> episode of 2021. Ooh, yes. yes. Welcome we're... in. Come on in. Yeah. yeah, we skipped a week because, well, we're busy. It was the holidays. Holidays. Yes. It was a little crazy. Holidays. Yes, it got everything. crazy. Crazy. Paula, if people wanted to get in touch with us, find us on the interweb and all that kind of stuff, where would they go? What would they do? Oh, I don't know. We have some new things that Craig's You're been up to, but we do have uh, we have the Facebook at the Mid Modcast. We have a uh, uh, Twitter and and Instagram. I'm trying to post some groovy, cool. I mean, sorry, some swell pictures. Swell pictures. Um, yeah, we do have a phone number. Call us with your memories at two one six. 309-2204-216-309-2204. And we're, uh, we do have a website, apparently, at mid at midmodcast.com. Do we have any new platforms, Mr.? No, you know, I'm I thinking there, were, there are all no. these other little platforms that are popping up left and right. I'm thinking we need to saturate them. Saturate yeah, we the, just need to saturate the world get them with out. Mid-Mod. Get us out. Yeah, they're just get the word out. Yeah, yeah so there's so much more than I even realized. If <laughs> if uh, anyone is interested in being our social media guru, we pay yeah. with love and uh, recognition. That's and about we do all that we make can afford. cocktails, we, some tiki, yes, right. some fine tiki drinks with umbrellas. So if uh, be sure to apply for the job. Email to the mid uh, midmodcast at gmail dot com. Gmail dot com. And uh, any help. Is great. Yeah. Appreciate it always. Today we are talking about something kind of fun. You remember those variety shows when we were kids? Yes. Well, that's what we're talking about today. Those wait, yeah. Great did, what did you shows. used to watch when you were a kid? What variety shows? Do well, you remember I remember. Uh, you know, really around the holidays is is what I remember the most. Uh, the uh, Dean Martin Christmas specials, the Bean Crosby Christmas specials, the Perry Como oh. Christmas specials. Of course, Donnie and Marie. Donnie uh, and Marie. Yeah. You know. Oh, my goodness. That was a show we watched. <laughs> yeah, and I watched the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Oh, I'm ashamed. Yeah. Kind of ashamed. Right, but yeah, gauchos. <laughs> they're all in gauchos. And, and then there's yeah. one that I've been watching for like how long now? Oh, almost 40 something years. Saturday Night Saturday Live. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. yeah. Still going. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I've been watching that since I was a kid. Yeah. On and off. 
Dave, yeah. Dave, which, which uh, variety shows jump out in your memory as being a Ute? So, <laughs> Ute. so Ute. I remember Ute. Uh, as a little kid on Saturday evenings watching um, the Carol Burnett show. Oh, that was my because favorite. Remember, it was, you know, it was like must see TV when we were kids. Yes. What, what was on? It was like the Mary Tyler Moore show. Bob the, Newhart. Uh, Bob Newhart. The Was the love boat the, the next hour? And then Carol Burnett or was were the two hours reversed? I don't remember. I, I don't. I remember watching Emergency and then oh, Mary yeah. Tyler Moore. I don't know. I yeah. don't remember the lineup. That I mean, times wise, which yeah. One, yeah. But Something I like remember that. watching. Yeah. Anybody remember Tony Orlando and Dawn? Yeah, oh, of course. I yes. watched that as a yeah. kid. And the Sunny and Cher show was right. pretty big in our house too. Yeah. Well, and Beth and I talked about this. Um, we also remembered uh, Captain and Tennille. <gasps> That's yes, right. that's right. right. That's a little, little muskrat love for you. <laughs> yeah. oh, that is the and I don't know if this was true for you guys when you went to visit your grandparents. Um, do you know where I'm going with this? Oh, we yes. Through the Lawrence Welk show. Grandparents. Oh. That was my parents. <laughs> no, oh, no, really? really? Oh, yeah. My no. parents loved Lawrence Welk. Well, I didn't have grandparents, but I had a lot of great aunts and uncles. And oh, yes. The yeah. Lawrence Welk show was definitely <laughs> the must see. I grew up on that. You know, the the greatest one in a podcast that I did a long time ago, we used to use it as a bump all the time from the Lawrence Welk show. And of course, you know, Lawrence Welk was kind of innocent in a lot of ways. Sweet. But they did a Lawrence Welk version of One Toke Over the Line. Oh my gosh, yes. It is You've heard fantastic. it, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> one toke, one toke over the line. Spiritual by Gail and Dale. <laughs> it's like, uh, what's a toke? Who cares? Yep. Is it? <laughs> it's cute. It's got a groovy beat. It's got a great beat. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. Anyway, hey, I'm talking about the history, because that's me, right? Mr. History, of uh, variety shows known as variety arts or variety entertainment. And as Wikipedia tells us, it's entertainment made up of variety acts. Who knew? Right. That's what the death is, the <laughs> right. official death. Right. I just okay. I just love definitions that are obvious beyond all belief. <laughs> uh, these included musical performances, sketch comedy, magic, acrobatics, juggling, ventriloquism, Ooh. all sorts of different stuff. I, I always I don't know why I was always fascinated by the guy that would get the plates spinning oh, on top yes. of the stick and everything. Yeah. I don't think any variety show is complete without that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the piece, yeah. The saber dance. Saber dance, ooh. Dave knows. So anyway, the history of this actually goes way back to the Victorian age and comes forward in America through vaudeville. In England, it was called Music Hall. In America, it was called vaudeville. But it's basically the same sort of thing as a variety show. You'd have skits, you'd have singing acts, you'd have dancers, all sorts of stuff. In the UK, it was also called the Working Men's Club. Don't ask me why. I'm just Ooh. telling you. British performers who hone their skills in, in the music hall sketches include Charlie Chaplin, Stan Laurel, George Formby. I know Ooh. that name. 
and many, many others. Of course, all men, because you said something about no, there were there were women were too. Women? Okay. But these are just some of the big names that you would recognize. Okay, and the United States former vaudeville performers were people like the Marx Brothers, George Burns, Gracie Allen, W.C. Fields, Jack Benny. Uh, they all honed their skills in vaudeville, but especially. Mm-hmm. You're going to love this one, especially in the Borscht Belt. Do you know what the Borscht Belt is? No. The Jewish house. The Catskills, right? The Catskills, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. of course. It's, it's the, Borscht, the Borscht Belt or the Jewish Alps. <laughs> and, and that's where they had vaudeville theater? Right. They'd have a lot of different acts. And, you oh, know, for like, the like, resorts. At yeah, the, resorts. the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. All, oh, yes. It, yeah. So it was, it was one of the places where oh. all these people were working out their acts and everything. When did that have been fun to stay be, there? Would have been amazing. Oh. And then they moved later on into movies and then into radio shows and then finally in television shows and ending up with what we know as variety shows. Uh, radio variety shows were the predominant form of light entertainment oh. during the golden age of radio. Variety shows centered on running comedy sketches with recurring characters. Eventually, they evolved into sitcoms. Some of these sorts of, of characters. Oh, you know, Lucy, you, I love Lucy. You had a lot of radio programs that became television programs and that sort uh-huh. of thing. So. This is kind of the way that it, it evolved. After World War II, 1931 to 1960-ish is the era that we're talking about here. But then after World War II, uh, the genre again was uh, early favorite of burgeoning electronic TV industry. The genre prolifer- prolif- I can't speak proliferated the golden age of television, 1948 to 1960. Many of these golden age variety shows were spinoffs or adaptations of radio programs, like I was just saying. From 1948 to 1971 is kind of the granddaddy of many, the Ed Sullivan Show. We're going to hear a lot more about that in just a few minutes. Uh, But Ed Sullivan used his no-nonsense approach as a host, and he was instrumental in bringing in many, many acts to prominence, of course, we know about the Beatles, but also Elvis Presley and many, many others like that. I've got a nice list of the top acts also. Maybe I'll jump in later with that. Oh, great. Lawrence Welk ran from 1955 to 1982, another oh, long-running program. to become one of television's longest-running variety shows based on the concept of big band remotes from the old-time radio era. When Lawrence Welk debuted, it was already passe and considered a has-been genre. Really? Yeah, it was just like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to last. <laughs> He's rolling along for, what, 30 years almost, right? Other notable variety shows that premiered during this time, the Texaco Star Theater, the Jackie Gleason Show, the Maury oh. Amsterdam Show. Oh, he had a sh- Yeah, uh, it's amazing that as all these names pop up, you're like, wow. I- Dick Van Dyke, Maury Amsterdam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Colgate Comedy Hour, your show of shows, which I talked about on a previous episode, the Red Skelton Show, Diana Shore, and of course, Mr. Como, the Perry Como Show. Oh. He hosted a series of variety shows with, that ran from 1948 to 1969, followed by variety specials. That ran all the way until 1994, but you know those oh. were occasional type things. Oh, the the one time kind of. Yeah, show. then there were some short lived variety shows during this period, 1950 to 1952. Frank Sinatra, the Frank Sinatra show. Oh. I've got to oh. find some of those videos. That would be cool. Yeah, man. 
1954 to 1956, the Jimmy Durante show. Ha, cha, cha, cha. Oh my goodness, who didn't have a variety And then show? 1957 to 1958, a different Frank Sinatra show. <laughs> wow. So Frank kept dabbling and uh, didn't get much traction in this genre, but eh, what the heck. 1960s, popular uh, variety shows that began in the 60s, a, a revival of the Jackie Gleason show came along. The Andy Williams Show, 1962 to 1970, or 71. The Danny Kay Show. And I I vaguely remember, uh, not watching it live, but that he even had a show. 1963 to 1967, Dean Martin Show. 1965 to 1974, The Carol Burnett Show. 67 to 78, The Smother Bro- Smothers Brothers. Now we're, we're kind of getting a little late in the mid-century here. Uh, Smothers Brothers, 1967 to 1969, The Johnny Cash Show. Oh. I had oh, no wow. idea. 1969 yeah. to 71, Jim Neighbors Hour. Oh, my Vaguely goodness. remember that one. Gomer Pyle. 69 to 71, and, of course, Hee Haw. Uh, yes. <laughs> that was on in our house, 69 yes. to 92, barely fits in under the 1970 uh, threshold there. Entertainments with less successful variety shows include Judy Garland, Sammy Davis Jr. 1970s brought us a lot of gems. The Flip Wilson Show, Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour. I watched that. Don Kirshner's Rock Concert. I remember staying up late to watch Don Kirshner. The Mac Davis Show, Saturday Night Live, 1975 to present. Donnie and Marie, 76 to 79. The Muppet Show, 76 to 81. And Sha Na Na, 1976. Oh, I love that show. Nice. Yeah, of all Sha-na-na. of these, Saturday Night Live remains the only one that is extant today. And oh. that's, you know, just really kind of amazing that they've had such an amazing run Saturday Night Live. And it's still funny sometimes, which is... Yes. <laughs> they go through cycles. There, yes. there's There are years that Saturday Night Live is hilarious and then years where you just groan <laughs> entertainment uh, entertainers with w- weekly variety shows that ran for one season or less in the 1970s include captain and, and Tennille, the jacksons uh yeah. the keen brothers bobby darren mary tyler moore julie andrews dolly parton shields and yarnell the Manhattan uh, Transfer, the Starlight Vocal Band, Sky Rockets in Flight. <laughs> they had a variety of And the cast wow. of the Brady Bunch had their own yes. show for one year. Entertainments with a variety-based television show in the 1970s include The Carpenters, John Denver, Shirley MacLaine, and Diana Ross, Bob Hope, and Pat Boone. Wow. Now, variety shows, we don't think of them very much these days but they do still exist a lot of them exist in the way of late night talk shows where you find a new band or you see a comedian or all sorts of different acts that pop up it's not so much of the act driven thing like ed sullivan or some of those other ones but they still i guess you could consider them variety shows but i think the ones that jump out most to me are Shows like America's Got, America's Got Talent, yes, uh, The Mass Singer, Mass Dancer, uh, American you know, Idol, American Idol, X, yeah, all yeah. of these I think would fit in that category. So they are still around, but I don't know about you. I I miss the old school Dean Martin kind, you know, or or uh, you know, Bing Crosby, the Christmas specials and that sort of thing. I, I they they just bring 
uh, warmth that uh, I don't think you get out of these shows anymore. Although I do love America's Got Talent and all those others. Now we were kind of we were watching a movie with Bob Hope where he was tap dancing. Do you remember that? Yeah. And, and you know he can act, he can sing, and and I, and I was watching or listening to a podcast how the actors are pretty much defined now but when you look at those oh. old movie stars they could do it all they sang yeah. and then some of them juggled they did this and they did a lot because they were trained in vaudeville right bob hope and bean crosby both came up in in the latter days of vaudeville and yeah so, that's why they did you know, so they, much yeah they had all that uh i was watching the the pirate and the princess just yesterday the old bob hope movie one of my Aww. favorites <laughs> and he does he does the whole thing he's he, you know he's doing the soft shoe dance and the and singing and comedy. the acting and the whole nine yards. He was really quite a dancer. Uh, you don't think of Bob Hope as being a, a good dancer, but he's a really good tap dancer. He's pretty fantastic. Yes. There, there's, uh, oh, what's that movie where he's with James Cagney and they kind of have a tap dance off kind of thing. Yes, it's, that's it's what we were watching, scene. I think. Um, They're on a table. Oh, the, uh, the foys, something in the foys. Oh, the foys seven little foys. Seven little foys. I think like that's that. the hmm. one. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Anyway, that. yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, Paula, I yeah, think so you're up. Well, we can't talk about variety shows without talking about the king, the, the grand variety show of variety shows. In 2002, ranked by TV Guide as number 15 as the greatest television show of all times and ranked by a lot of different uh, TV Guide things in different years as one of the greatest variety shows of all times. And it actually ran. This is one of the few shows that ran on the same station, the same night, and the same time for its entire run. So on CBS, every Sunday night, from 8 to 10, you sat down around the TV and watched the Ed Sullivan show, and that never changed. Very, very unusual. And there was every single kind of act, and a lot of them were ex-Vaudeville stars that were on this. Did, did you know it was called The Toast of the Town? When it first aired, I did not know for that. the first. I knew there was a show called that, but That's, I didn't know it, it was the Ed Sullivan. It show. is the Ed Sullivan mm. show. It was called the Toast of the Town at first, but everybody just kept calling it the Ed Sullivan show all the time. Nobody called it by its correct name. So, um, oh, I, I forgot to mention it ran from 1948 all the way to 1971. So I had a nice long run. That is a long run. And so in 1948, it premiered as the Toast of the Town. But since it was known as the Ed Sullivan Show, they actually officially changed the name in 1955 to the Ed Sullivan Show. And, and Paula, you said it was NBC? Yes, CBS. Oh, CBS. Yes. Sorry. Okay. And I'm thinking about their debut. Who do you think uh, would debut on the Ed Sullivan Show, the very first show? The very some first big, episode. Big hitters. 1948. Some, they, some um, big hitters. I, Dean Martin, Martin and Jerry Lewis. Lewis. Oh. I was going to say Bing Crosby. <laughs> Number one. And then the next act, the big act, Rodgers and Hammerstein. Wow. And they were oh, pre wow. previewing their score with their big Broadway, Broadway debut, which was... South Pacific. Oh, so no that's kidding. what the first show was. I'm like, that. those are some big, 
big things. I thought I'd stay tuned for that show. That is awesome. And it was broadcast from the Maxine Elliott Theater, and then it moved to its permanent home, um, and it was renamed the Ed Sullivan Theater. And if you've been to New York and know about it, it's still standing to this day, the Ed mm-hmm. Sullivan Theater. And now the Late Show is... Um, is filmed there. I I think that's Colbert and it used to be David Letterman is filmed there. So at the, at the Ed Sullivan theater and it was sponsored by link Lincoln Mercury. And um, they had a rotation of acts, but there were some recurring characters. There was his puppet sidekick, Topo, Topo, say it again. Topo Gigio. Topo Gigio, which was a little mouse. And then also a ventriloquist in your Wences also appeared uh, regularly. Now, I find this interesting. The, share, the show actually would go on location um, uh, periodically. So it would air live from other nations such as United Kingdom, Australia, and, and Japan as well. And so this show brought uh, about America's very first exposure to foreign performers. We had no strong exposure to foreign acts and foreign performers. And Ed Sullivan started that. I thought that was kind of interesting. And uh, he also, uh, on his 10th, this is a great quote by Ed Sullivan. And I think a teacher would kind of agree with this quote too. On his 10th anniversary, as the show was moving on, how the show had changed from its premiere to its 10th anniversary. And this is what Ed Sullivan says. He said, the chief difference is mostly one of pace. In those days, we had maybe six acts. Now we have 11 or 12. Back then, each of our acts would do a leisurely 10 minutes or so. Now, two or three minutes. And in those days, in those early days, I talk too much. Watching these kinds, I cringe. I look at me, I look at me talking and I say to myself, you fool, keep quiet. But I just keep talking. I just keep on talking. I've learned how to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I could I know that as a teacher too. Gotta work on that that pace. And um oh, yeah. another kind of an interesting tidbit is the orchestra. They had their own orchestra. See both CBS and NBC had their very own orchestras. I know NBC's orchestra was uh, conducted by Toscanini, and I don't remember the name of the the um, CBS orchestra, but it was another Italian name. And um, this orchestra was not like the you know the Tonight Show with Doc Severance, and it was behind a, a curtain. I'm like, that's horrible. And yeah. these were like some of the greatest musicians of the time. And they had to have incredibly diverse skills because they would regularly have on the show singers from the Met. So you had to be able to accompany Marie Collis and then switch gears for Sammy Davis or Ella Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. And then you're on to the Jackson Five or maybe Stevie Wonder. And they also um, performed live with some of the greatest dancers and ballerinas of that t- time, as well as internationally known dance troupes. So this orchestra was playing different kinds of music and different kinds of genre. And not too many musicians are that capable of switching that rapidly from a classical and operatic piece into Motown. Serious versatility. Yeah, there. so they had some very serious versatility. Um, so they're, they were just amazing. And they would end up in the Ed Sullivan Orchestra. And it was, um, they had to be very capable of really covering a complete spectrum of music. Um, the Ed Sullivan Show is especially known to the World War II and Baby Boomer 
generations for introducing acts and airing breakthrough performances by popular 50s and 60s musicians such as Elvis Presley, The Beatles, The Supremes, The Dave Clark Five, The Animals, Credence Clearwater Revival, The Beach Boys, The Jackson Five, Stevie Wonder, Janis Joplin, the Rolling Stones a few times, the Mamas and the Papas, the Love and Spoonful, Herman's Hermits, the Doors were on there, Barbara Streisand, and the band. The Canadian comedy duo Wayne and Schuster appeared on the program 67 times. So they have the record for any performer. Um, this was America's first exposure to Itzhak Perlman, very famous uh, violinist. And he was on the show in 1958, and he was only 13 years old. No, oh, wow. I was so shocked. And this was actually, this performance was really a breakthrough for classical music <clears throat> and also for Perlman, who rode the waves of admiration that came with performing on the show to new heights of fame. And, you know, everybody knows that name. And he's remained uh, one of the most famous violinists for decades. And that's probably due to that show. Wow. Elvis, um, the performance of Elvis uh, on the Ed Sullivan show came about because of his intense rivalry with Steve Allen. And Steve Allen had him on one of the shows, uh, on his show first. Um, uh, and Sullivan didn't want Elvis on the show. But once his friend, buddy Steve Allen had him on the show, oops, he was like booked with the show within a week. And you know how they said they would censor Elvis? They use cameras so they didn't show his gyrating hips. That's actually a myth. They, they showed his full body in his performances on the Ed Sullivan show. But Ed Sullivan liked to perpetuate that myth <laughs> and saying, oh, I can do these camera angles. So that was him. It wasn't, it, it isn't reality. Um, the reason the Beatles got onto the Ed Sullivan show because it was because Sullivan was pass, passing through Heathrow Airport one day and he saw this big hubbub of these girls screaming and all this carrying on all this nutsy stuff going on and and he said what is that who are these guys and so he's like okay we need these guys on our show and um, he called their agent and wanted, and they the agent said, actually, we'd like them to perform three times. So I didn't realize this, but it's not a one-time performance. They actually uh, performed for three consecutive Sundays, the Beatles did. Mm. And as the Supremes were a very special act, and they appeared on the show 14 times. Sullivan wow. loved the Supremes. And at a time when there were very few opportunities for African-Americans performers on national television, te television, Sullivan was really the champion for black talent. He, he launched the careers of many, many African-Americans. And he was criticized for it, and he ignored all that criticism. Um, I gotta admire the guy for that. He showcased many Broadway shows with original t um, casts. And um, because the, the Tonys weren't, um, they weren't taped, you know, they weren't, uh, there was no record of the Tonys, but uh, they weren't recorded. So um, the Ed Sullivan show is actually the only way we can watch legendary performances by original cast members. That's the only recordings that we have of these yeah, that's cool. Broadway tests. So that's that's really cool just for the archival yeah, just, value. Just for that historical value. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yes. And in nineteen seventy one the audiences were kind of older and the and CBS and other networks, they kind of thought of the show as an undesirable key demographic. And I looked at the ratings and they're not that much lower 
than they were through the run, but they're just an undesirable key demographic. And this the show was canceled in 1971. There are numerous parodies of the Ed Sullivan show. As we played at the intro of my segment, we've got um, Bye Bye Birdie, which has a little Ed Sullivan character. And, and also that thing you do, they appear on an Ed Sullivan type show. And you remember when they had the names of the band and it says, sorry girls, he's he's married, or he's sorry kicking. girls, yeah, he's, he's dating. He's engaged. Or he's engaged, yeah. yeah. And the guy gets all ticked off. Um, that happened with the Beatles when they were playing, the Beatles performance, when they were playing, they put their names right below them. And they put John Lennon, sorry girls, he's married, <laughs> below him. So that was, uh, that was a little nod to the real Ed Sullivan now, show. did John Lennon pitch a fit and quit the band and all that yeah. would have been no wait yeah oh wait yeah and then um there was but not actually, till much later yeah not not till later yeah, yeah not too much later <laughs> and then uh, uh, just as an aside there was some kind of film clip that was premiered on the uh, they would show movie clips to get people excited about movies different movies so they would do that but they played some original um production and it was sort of like war of the worlds i i wish i would have written down the name of it but they would they showed a nuclear bomb going off in this little segment and they warned parents to take their kids away from the tv and and it ended up kind of being a world what is that called war of the worlds world that doesn't World, yeah, War of the, the Worlds. War yeah. of the Worlds type situation where people thought it was really happening. It, yeah, They yeah, yeah. didn't catch that this was just a little uh -huh. short film and people started to kind of freak out. So I thought it was kind of interesting. So Ed Sullivan died in 1974 at the age of 73. 1974? Wow. Yeah. Shortly so, after the show. Yeah, they canceled the show and then he got canceled. Oh my That's goodness. Well, Paula, that was <laughs> going to be a question I was going to ask you, but Craig, since you have his, maybe his bio pulled up there or yeah. whatever, I've, I've always wondered how did he get into being the host of the show? I mean, was the show his creation? Did he do radio beforehand? I mean, Sorry, yes. not sound judgy, but I, he wasn't the most attractive guy. Right. And he had that really, really Big interesting delivery. So yeah. his voice wasn't really that awesome for TV either, I didn't think. He was well, just kind of the mogul. It's and... interesting as I'm looking at his biography. In 1947, Sullivan emceed the Harvest Moon Ball for New York Daily News. And unbeknownst to him, the affair was televised. Very few people had TVs then. CBS subsequently hired Sullivan to host their new variety show, Toast of the Town, oh. which debuted oh. 19, uh, 40, June 20th, 1948. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we were talking about how it was called the Toast of the Town before it was the Ed Sullivan show. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, this uh, there's an interesting website, edsullivan.com, and it's a blog. I had found the top 10 most viewed acts on the Ed Sullivan show, but apparently I can't read large letters. Top 10 most viewed acts, uh, most viewed Ed Sullivan show YouTube videos in 2020. Okay. So these are, the, what these are the top viewed YouTube videos that edsullivan.com has put up. Oh. So this is not, you know, who was viewing, viewed the most when they, when it aired necessarily, but nowadays the top 10 that are most viewed. Now, is this, um, are these all 
segments of the Ed, actual Ed Sullivan show? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you can go to edsullivan.com. We're going to, I'll try to remember to post a link in the show notes. Uh, but number 10 most viewed YouTube is Elvis Presley, Love Me Tender. Number eight, Buddy Holly and the Crickets, Peggy Sue. Number I mean, number nine, sorry. Number eight, The Mamas and the Papas, California Dreamin'. Mm. And that's from uh, 1967. Oh, interesting. Now, number seven, Elvis Presley, Don't Be Cruel, 1956. Number six, Tom Jones, It's Not Unusual <laughs> to Be Loved. Anyway, <laughs> 1968, gotta love Tom Jones. Number five, The Jackson Five, I Want You Back, 1969. Number four, Elvis Presley, Don't Be Cruel, 1957. Number three, The Jackson Five, Medley, Stan, Standy, Stan, Who's Loving You, I I Want You Back. Um, that was 1969. Number two, Elvis Presley, Hound Dog, 1956. Number one, you would think it was the Beatles. It should have been. It should be the Beatles, but it's Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline. Dun, 1969. Dun, dun. <laughs> wow. So these are what are viewed now. That's yeah, I wonder. That's an interesting list. Maybe they don't have the Beatles up on their site. There could oh, be some could copyright be. issues yeah. or oh, something. So yeah, true. Hard to say, but that I, <laughs> I was shocked that the Beatles were not in the top ten. I think we all were actually. Yeah. So there you have it. EdSullivan.com. Also, great bio stuff there on Ed Sullivan. All sorts of interesting Ed Sullivan stuff. Okay. You can check that out. Right. Dave. And then what happened a little later, a few years <laughs> later after the Ed Sullivan show? Well, Were there more so variety shows? I'm going to talk about a variety show that ran from 1965 to 1974 or nine seasons on NBC in glorious living color. The show's suave and chill host, who often appeared to be inebriated, <laughs> Describe the show this way during its very first episode. I want you to know that this is going to be a family show. The kind of a show where a guy can take his wife and kids, his father and mother, and sit around a bar and watch. <laughs> the Deep Martin Show. Starring Diane Carroll. Joey Heatherton. Jan and Dean Croft, Bob Newhart, special guest, Frank Sinatra, and Les Brown, and Renard, all brought to you by... The variety show in question this time is, of course, The Dean Martin Show, which premiered on NBC on September 16th, 1965, in the 10pm time slot. Now. Craig, you, you read off the dates of the Dean Martin show earlier when you were doing a, a list of popular variety shows. I think your dates were different from mine, but... Um, well, anyway. I get my data from the great source of the Wikipedia, which is never <laughs> yeah. wrong. Well, I'm you sure see, I got 65 I got to too, 74 on my notes. What, what do you Oh, have? okay. Yeah, 65. Uh, 65 to 74. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought they were different for, for some reason. We concur. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Now, at the time, 48-year-old Dino Paul Crocetti from Steubenville, Ohio. Yes, that is correct. That's right. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I Googled it, you guys. Um, 
Steubenville is about 130 miles or roughly a two hour drive from where you live. Uh, ever been? No. Is is there no, a Dean Martin uh, museum or anything there? I, I do not know that. I would, I would drive two Google hours that. to see that. Yeah. Yeah. But so anyway, around this this time frame, 1965, uh, he was heavily involved in movie making and recording. Um, you might remember from a previous episode, he was one of the artists on Sinatra's reprise records uh, records label. Movies of that era, uh, Dean Martin movies of that era, included titles from the Matt Helm spy spoof series, <laughs> which I think we talked about in yes. our Bond wannabes yes. episode. So uh, uh, one of the famous titles, the very first one from that series would be uh, The Silencers from 1966. He also appeared in comedies like Kiss Me Stupid with Kim Novak and <laughs> What a way to go with Shirley MacLaine, both from 1964. I remember that one well also. That's yeah. a good one, yeah. yeah. His records at the time were also selling well, despite the popularity of rock and roll. LPs from this period include The Door is Still Open to My Heart from 1964, which featured the song You Are Nobody Till Somebody Loves You which was released as a single and was a top 40 hit for Martin. Another from 1965 is Remember Me, I'm the One Who Loves You. This was Martin's fifth LP to appear in the top 40 and featured his take on Roger Miller's King of the Road. So I, I mention all of this output to set the stage for what was to become the Dean Martin show. Martin was so busy with so many projects that when NBC came to him with their proposal for the show, rather than saying, no, I'm too busy, uh, he chose to ask for outrageous terms, which he was sure oh. <laughs> would not be acceptable to the network. Oops. And the, these included a high salary and that he need only show up for the actual tapings. Wow. Oh, However, the network agreed <laughs> so he had to add to his you know list of busyness um doing a network show every week uh so uh being the pro that he was uh martin convincingly read his dialogue directly from cue cards during tapings if he flubbed a line or during a musical performance forgot a lyric, there were no retakes. He, oh my. Right? He, he would just laugh it off and it would go straight to tape. And yeah. it made it funnier. It, it did. It did. Yeah. It, I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> he flubbed a lot. He really? did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, I, you guys probably know this already, but the ever-present old-fashioned glass that yes. the supposed off-drunk Martin had with him on the show often had just plain old apple juice in yep. it. I yeah, that. yeah. When they yep. were doing their Rat Pack act in Vegas, a lot of times he just had apple juice, in. and he was the least. He, drink. Yeah, drunk, he actually I'm trying to remember this story. He learned that drunk act from like this <laughs> vaudeville comedian. Oh. And and he he took up this guy's act. I mean, is like teach me how you do that. And he, so, yeah, he wasn't really quite the the tipper that you thought he was that you know, he, it was all is mostly an act. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and convincingly so. So yeah. 
So some of the format of the show included two solo numbers per show, one being a ballad. This is for Dino, of course. Medley's performed with his weekly guests. A closet door. Do you guys remember this one? A closet door, which would hide a surprise celebrity guest. Yes. Which the, the guest would knock on and Martin would open it to reveal who it was. And supposedly they really were a surprise since the producers would not tell him in advance who was behind the door. It, oh it always seemed like it was genuine. It was real. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, the finale each week was often Martin portray, uh, portraying Dino Vino, a disc jockey <laughs> who played old records. Um, he would put on a record and then he and that week's guest or guests uh, would mouth the word. So it was like a karaoke thing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So in researching the show, I was astounded. So, um, yeah, Paula, you were reading off all of those uh, celebrities who appeared on the Ed Sullivan show. I was astounded at the number of guests who appeared on the Dean Martin show. A, cl- a quick list would include Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, wow. Don Adams, uh, Louis Armstrong, Lucille Ball, Tony Bennett, Sid Caesar, Diane Carroll, <laughs> And Charo. Right. Uh, Frank Sinatra also guested on the show. And for me, one guest's name really stood out. And I have to include one of their many performances together. Here's Dino and the incomparable Ella Fitzgerald doing a Gershwin medley. Positively great. Oh, thank you, Dean. Would you mind singing one with me? Oh, I'd, I'd love that. Well, let's go, then. It's wonderful. It's marvelous. You should care. You say hammer, I say hammer. Glamour, glamour, hammer, hammer. Let's call the whole thing off. I like potato, and I like potato. I like tomato, and I like tomato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Better call the calling of all. Let's call that whole thing off. I could cry salty tears. Where have I been all these years? Little one, tell me now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I love so, that. Before we wrap up uh, the the Dean Martin show, one last interesting fact about the uh, Dean Martin show. Um, During the off season, in order to keep their time slot, the show's producers would do a summer version of the show 
with guest hosts. So these episodes did not include Dean Martin. There were uh, other people hosting the show. The very first summer iteration was hosted by comedians Dan Rowan and Dick Martin, which later oh. led to them getting their own show, which we all know is Laughing. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, just on a side note, did you two know that Laughing replaced the man from Uncle in its Monday night time slot? I did not oh. know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Wah, wah. Yeah. yeah. Bummer. And then, Suck of it. course, you guys probably remember these from your childhood. Um, I know I do, although I probably didn't get all the jokes at the time. But the D. Martin Show ended its run on April 5th of 1974. And then later, Martin would periodically host the Dean Martin Celebrity Roast for NBC, yes. which ran for 10 years. Right. Yes. Yeah. Now that yeah. I do remember. <laughs> so for those, uh, for, for our listeners who don't know what a roast is, it was like a podium set up, right? Where Dean would, you know, stand behind the microphone and on either side of him were these long tables stretched out and they would pick a celebrity and all of these other celebrity guests would basically get up and make fun of, I mean, they would, they would speak in honor of, the person as well, but they always told some kind of like off color anecdote. Um, that would probably embarrass them. Uh, but right. Also really funny. Of course, Don Rickles was the king of, of all yes, that. He, the roast. He, yes. he was vicious. <laughs> <laughs> He'd eviscerate you. He, he was pretty amazing. So Dave, I, I got curious as you were talking there and I Googled Dean Martin Steubenville they oh. have an annual Dean Martin Festival <gasps> what? in Steubenville. Uh, it looks like the last one was 2018, though. The, it, it's been yeah. going on for 20 years. Wow. And then uh, other things came up, including Dean Martin Roofing Company in Steubenville. <laughs> so uh, they have a mural and all sorts of stuff. Apparently, they are quite proud of their son, the son sure. of, this, of their city, Ooh, Dean Martin. I wonder what the festival's like. I know. Well, they have all sorts of uh, modern contemporary crooners who I'm yeah. sure are doing impersonations oh, right. and whatnot. Field so trip, there's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. So well, you hopefully know, it'll come back. I, I hope it will. Uh, one year, Beth, for my birthday, uh, got me a ticket. Well, tickets for both of us to um, the Rat Pack Live. Oh, and it was, yeah. like you said, Craig, uh, you know, modern day singers and performers who took on the persona of each person of the Rat Pack group. But um, maybe some year when it's on again, the Steubenville Dean Martin Festival, we could go and do a, a like a live yes live show absolutely. of the mid podcast. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, we went and saw that uh, a Rat Pack performance like that also uh, in um, California. Oh. No, L.A. Uh, L.A. Ooh, oh, right, we was saw it? it was at the Beverly Theater, I think it was. Yes, and, that's right. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. The guy who played the the part of Sammy Davis Jr. in particular was just well. He was almost as amazing as Sammy Davis Jr. was, who, if you ask me, was probably the most all-around talented person. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, no, he, was he a vaudeville performer? Yeah, he oh. had, he had oh, roots yeah. in vaudeville also. Right, but he's a damn Sammy he was sings. the whole... He... Like the age of four or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he, it, the impersonations that Sammy yeah. Davis Jr. did oh, yeah. were just amazing. Right. He did the best impersonations. Do... Yeah. Yes, I've yeah. heard those. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, Craig. I wonder if it was the same group of performers that came to St. Louis, because I seem to remember that the Sammy Davis 
junior guy was also the the best of of ours. Yeah, could yeah. have been it. They were all really good. I vocally they were they were really good, but I think he he kind of looked like kind of stole the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes. Well, I are we done? I think we're done let's, for the let's day. Let's just do a variety show. Let's we'll do, uh, <laughs> do one. A little song and dance. <laughs> Dave, tell let's, us a joke. Uh, down your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, Dave, be funny. Now, do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll catch you next time on the Mid Modcast. Stay swell, everybody. Mm, take care. <laughs>